You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome to Empower Me with Aerie show. I am Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. The Bible talks about it, that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Once we know our identity, we therefore know our authority. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I pray that this message blesses you powerfully. We're going to be talking about trusting God and again, going a bit further and surrender. So before we get into that a bit further, let's go ahead and say a quick prayer so we can jump right into this thing. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to come before your people. I thank you that we release a message that is right on time for everybody that is listening and that they leave with a word of encouragement, that they leave with a word that can rejuvenate them, revive them, that they leave literally wanting to trust you even more. I thank you that the content, the words that you have given me to give them literally transforms their lives. It rejuvenates them. It gives them hope again, and that they will leave happy, full of joy, understanding that all things are going to work together for their good so they might as well trust you and surrender we give you all the praise the glory and the honor in jesus majestic mighty name amen so again thank you so much for tuning in counted an honor to talk with you guys with you guys and so i felt led about uh speaking more about trust and trusting in god and so i sense that um, for many of us we are going to uh, a new place or a place of expansion a higher place a place of breakthrough. And we have to understand that in order for any of that to happen, a greater level of trust in God must occur because we are leaving from literally one place or one season to the next. And so I believe again, that many people are going to be stretched, but it is necessary for the expansion. And so I did speak about this a couple months ago, but I believe um, uh, God gave this to me to speak right now because the manifestation of that thing of that word that went forth is manifesting now. And so I also believe that, um, God gave this message because trust is being built back into the hearts of the people. And so um, some people have gone through challenges, tumultuous situations that really, really tried to shake your faith. And it did shake your faith, but you have to realize that God is so faithful. He is restoring any trust that has been broken because it's going to be necessary for the next. And so... Um, Within this time of, I felt like talking about trusting in God and also talking about surrender at the same time, because for some of us, we have gotten to a place of the end of ourselves, you know, the end of what we can do. It's almost like um, you've, you've, you know, you've done what God told you to do. You've gotten to a wall and it's the end of what you can do. But I want to encourage you to let you know that's a good place because that is when God can step in even greater for your life. And so even while we're afraid, even while, um, you know, we may not understand certain things or certain instructions that God gives us, guess what? We have to learn to trust God. And this, my friends, is what surrender looks like. Trusting God is being okay with letting go a certain level of control. And at times we can hold so tight onto what we have 
or where we are that we really begin to get afraid of letting go and, and saying, God, well, I don't know how to trust you with my next, but I believe God is so compassionate. He's so caring. He's so loving. He's saying, I'm with you and I'm going to grace you and I'm going to help you through this process process. And so this is your next. I want to speak in that it will require you to let go and again, to trust God. And so um, this next will require you to it will require God to step in in order to do some things on a greater level. The story we're going to read about today, I've mentioned it before. We're going to get into it a little bit further um, in a little bit, but you're going to get what I'm saying as far as this next will require God to step in in order to do some greater things. And so I love to at least get some type of definitions with what I'm talking about. And so what does surrender mean? According to dictionary.com, it means to yield something to possession or power of another to deliver a possession, a demand um, or a demand. It's to come to end of self, um, which, again, is actually a good thing because in that we do understand, hey, I need God in that we understand, you know what? I really can't do this life by myself without him. We understand who gives increased elevation and expansion when we do come to the end of self. And so um, it's going to definitely be worth it as far as with sacrificing and letting go of what we need to in order to trust God on that another on that greater level. You're going to be so happy that you decided to believe him. And so I want to go over right now a story that shows of the end of self is actually victory in God. God's eyes. It really is. And, and where God really began to move like never before. And of course, we're going to talk about like none other Gideon. I have talked about him before, but this story is so fitting and we're going to go deeper in scripture to talk about what it is that happened within that story and how literally he became to the end of himself. However, God moved so mightily when he said, I'm going to trust you. He was afraid, but yet and still he allowed God to move within his life. And so um, in thinking about this story or reading this story, it also talks about leaving your comfort zone, leaving a place of home to leading a group or an army in a spiritual sense. And this is all again uh, with God's help. And so when I'm not going to read the whole story of Gideon, however, we're going to read a lot of scripture, but just to give you some backstory, the children of Israel once again, we're under great depression, a great oppression, excuse me, um, for their for their disobedience. And so their goods were being taken away and they cried out to God. And guess what? He heard them and the angel of the Lord came to visit Gideon. So Judges 6 and starting at verse 11, we're going to read kind of a lot. But it says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth of tree, which was an Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, 
then why has all of this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign. It is you who talk to me. Do not depart from here. I pray until you until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour and the meat he put in his basket. And he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and the angel of the Lord, um, the angels that say, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alice, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And it says, then the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. You shall not die. So Gideon built an armor there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it is still an Oprah in the Bezerites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altars of Baal. And the your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God, the Lord uh, your God on top of this rock in proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer for a burnt offering with wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took 10 men, 10 men from among his servants, and he did as the Lord had said to him, but he feared his father household and the men of the city too much to do it by day. So they did it by night, by night. Um, and so Gideon destroys the altar of Baal. And so chapter, excuse me, verse 28, it reads, and I want to sh uh, say this before I finish that I'm reading all of this because I want you guys to process and listen to the thoughts that Gideon had to what he went through from hearing the instructions from saying, Hey, can you give me a sign, even get in the sign, but still having some type of fear or doubt within his heart, but yet, and still he didn't stop going. And so it says in the men of the city arose early in the morning and there was the altar of Baal torn down and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down. And the second bull was being offered on the altar, which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. And the men of the city said to Joash, bring your son out so that he may die because he has torn down this altar of Baal. And because he has cut down the wooden in, um, image that was beside it. But Joash said to all of those who stood there or against him, 
Would you plead for uh, for Bell? Uh, would would you save him? Let the one who plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself because his altar has been tore down. Therefore, that day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, uh, Bow pleaded against him because he has torn down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and encamped the valley of Jezreel. The spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew the trumpet. Oof. And it says the Abizarites gathered behind him and he sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh and also gathered behind him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, and they came to meet him. I want to highlight it said, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew the trumpet. There's something that happens when God's spirit comes upon you. When you literally trust him, you surrender, you obey. He comes in and you can begin to do things that you never thought you could do before. And so even in the midst of all of this, you know, I'm reading all of this again for a reason. Even in the midst of all of this, look what happens. And so it says, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hands, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor and it. And if there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you shall save Israel by my hand. And as you have said, and it was so when he rose early in the morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung out the dew of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, listen, listen to what Gideon said to God. Do not be angry with me, but let me speak once more. And then it says, let me test. I pray just once more with fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but all over the ground. Let there be dew. And God did it so that night so that it was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. This is how compassionate and loving God is. Even though constantly say, okay, God, give me confirmation. I'm trusting you. I'm doing it afraid, but give me confirmation. He constantly gave Gideon confirmation. And guess what? Gideon kept moving forward. And so now in Judges 7, it talks about then Jerubal, um, which is Gideon. It says, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. And it says, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of the hill of Moriah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel will claim the glory itself against me, saying, my own, my own hands have saved me. Now, therefore, proclaiming the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from the Mount of Gilead. And the and 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained, you guys. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people were still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. This is so powerful. God said, I will test them for you there. Oh, he's so, he's so compassionate that he will literally test who he needs to for our lives so that we'll continue to keep going. We're not alone in this again. And then it says, then it will be of that whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. The same shall go with you of whomever I say to you. This one shall not go with you. The same shall not go with you. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water from his, uh, with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart 
by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to the mouth, to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go and every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and he sent them away all the rest of the Israel. So every man went to his tent and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of the Midian uh, was below in the valley. When I read this next part, I want you guys to um, to pay attention to this because it's so powerful. When I read this, I just um, sense God's compassion and his love for us. And so it says, and it happened on that same night that the Lord said to him, arise and go down to the camp for I have delivered it, it into your hand. He told him, go, uh, go down against the camp for I have delivered it into your hand. Listen to this next part. But if you are afraid to go down, go, get, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and he shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. That's so compassionate to me. Like he understood that he dealt with so much fear during this, but he continued to be with him, continued to say, okay, if you're afraid, go down do this. Oh my God. And yet, and still he, he followed what he told him. He kept his promise. And so it says, then he went down with Pura, with Pura, his servant to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites, Amalekites uh, uh, and all the people of the East were lying in the Valley as numerous as locusts and their camels were without numbers as the sand by the seashores in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I've had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and it into the tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion said to him, answered and said to him, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel into his hand. God has delivered Midian in the whole camp. Then it says, and it was so Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. It's so powerful. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, arise for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you shall blow the trumpet on every side of the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon is powerful. This is so powerful. The, the courage and, um, that he got after he seen that he needed to see that God promised that he would be strengthened. And guess what? He was strengthened. And it says, so Gideon in the three in the um, Gideon in the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Just as they had posted the watch, they had blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers that were in their hand. And then it says the three companies blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried the sword of the Lord end of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. With the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. 
and the army fled to Beth Acacia toward Azariah and as far as the border of Abel, Maloha, and by Tabith. And so this is a lot of reading, you guys, but I'm reading this for a reason. And I pray that this is blessing you because sometimes we need to hear the whole story. Sometimes we need to hear the process of what happened in order for the victory to come. I couldn't even think of a better story or this story came to me because it came as someone viewing themselves as weak, as as. Um, counted out somebody as, as, you know, um, not able to carry out whatever God had called him to do with no credibility. He said, wait, I'm the weakest of the clan, but he went from the weakest of the clan to saying, God, give me a sign. God, give me another sign. God, give me another sign. And guess what? God continued to give him us the signs because he knew what he needed in order to proceed and to carry out the, uh, the, the, uh, the victory. And so I have to read this so that you guys understand this. And so, um, long story short, um, what happened is, you know, they went forth, they blew their trumpets, they went and, and defeated the Midianites. They, they went and defeated the enemies and, um, victory had came just like God said that victory would come with the 300 because God wanted him to trust him. He wanted him to understand not only, um, that you don't, keep my glory, but he wanted them to trust him that he could deliver them with 300 people. And we have to understand that no matter what we have, when we have to face something, no matter if it's the Bible, if, if your prayer in your Bible, you know, that is enough. God plus you is the majority to make anything happen, to see any type of victory. And so victory had happened for them. And I want, I'm going to read this and then we're going to, um, I'm going to read this and we're going to go, go a bit further, but Judges 8, 22, 28, it talks about the ephod and the ephod. And it says that, um, Gideon, it says that 22 says the men of Israel said to Gideon rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of the Midian. But Gideon said to them, this is powerful. I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. And it says, but the Lord shall rule over you. That's the type of response you can have when God has been so good to you. You say, I'm not taking the credit. No, 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 no. You, you will not have me rule. No, no, no. God is going to rule over us because he's the one that guided us this whole time. Gideon's response was, was dope. His response was really what we need in order to have the trust, the level of trust that we need for this next. And so it says, then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me earrings from the plunder for they have golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. So they answered, we will gladly give them. And they spread out the garments for each man threw the earrings from the plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold beside the crescent ornaments pendants purple robes that were on the kings of the Midian and besides the chains that were around their camel's necks. Then Gideon made it into an ephod and it says, and it set it up in the city of Oprah and all of Israel played the harlot there and became a snare. Uh, and it became a snare to Gideon in his house. And then it says, thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted up their heads. No more. God was faithful. God kept his promise. And it says the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. You guys, I definitely, definitely had to read all of that because 
what we have to understand, true indeed, is from this story, we see how trusting God literally causes us to see victory. Gideon's surrender was when he chose to trust God, even throughout the story. Again, it mentions he was afraid because he wasn't perfect. He was, uh, you know, he was a young, a young guy. And so, but God kept giving him instructions throughout his journey. God never left him, which I really like. And at the end, how he defeated, defeated the Midianites, the children of Israel, Again, wanted him to rule over him, but he said, not so the Lord rules over him. So he didn't take God's glory because God had brought him through so much. So when you go through feeling weak or overlooked, um, you know, and then your perspective changes about who and how you were empowered, your response is going to change as well. Your actions will, will change. And so Gideon understood that he couldn't do whatever he did without God, he trusted him and he prevailed and trusting God can do so much for our lives. It can bring peace that we need to our lives. Isaiah 26, three, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because why he trusts in you. We have to ask ourselves at times, why is it so hard for me to trust God? A person may say, Oh, I do trust God, but do your actions really reflect that? Could it be because you don't readily see what you're hoping for right in front of you? Truth be told, at times, it's easier for us to believe if we could see it, just to be honest, but that would defy the very essence or the definition of faith. And so Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, meaning even though we don't see it now, God, I will trust you because I know that you are capable. Romans 8.24, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope for what a man. Why does a man uh, for what a man see is? Why do he hope for Hebrews eleven six? For without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone that comes to him must trust him and believe that he exists and he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. With this said, it's going to take trust in God to end into the desired hope or manifestation that God has for your life. Abraham trusted God and he got the results that God promised. Job trusted God and he came out of those challenging times. Joseph trusted God, even though he didn't understand and God did not let him down. We have to remind ourselves that trusting God is not a waste of time. He's in the end to the beginning. He knows everything about our lives, you guys. So why not trust him? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and she, he shall direct your path. Trusting God leads us in the right directions. Psalms 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in which way to go. I will guide you with my eye. It protects us, you guys. Psalms 91, 1 through 2, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most, I will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. And so I wanted to end with this. I heard, um, I literally heard when I was ending this message, I heard this is that. And this is that meaning the time is now. Then I found a foundational scripture. Your next is putting you into the place where God want you to be um, next like never before. And then I'll briefly say this. Like I said, this has been full of scriptures, but I believe it is necessary. Acts 2, 17. Um, and I'm not going to read the full thing, but it says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit up on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. It says, um, so I'm going to share that because 
Um, and then I'm going to share this. It says, I will show you the wonders in heaven above and the signs on earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke, and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You all, I pray that this bless you powerfully. I wanted to give you scripture because scripture does not fail. The word of God cannot fail. You can trust God and have what it is that he has for your life. Support HSBN. Remember to renew your mind. It is the goal. Empower me with Aerie.